Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Story Spills. I'm your host Caitlin and in today's episode we're going to be discussing Haunting and Hunting Adeline by H.G. Carlton. Um, before we get started I do want to mention the trigger warnings that um, are present in this book. Um, this book crosses a lot of lines and a lot of things are blurred um, between what is consensual and what is not consensual between two people. Um, there's a lot of murder, there's a lot of human trafficking, child trafficking, child death, um, explicit sexual situations, and more. And so if you um, think that these are things that may trigger you, I suggest that you don't read this book. Um, and, uh, you know, if you click on this episode and you haven't read this book and you're hoping that this episode will convince you to read it, um, then do please heed the trigger warnings first. And then, you know, if you decide that you can't handle the trigger warnings, don't read it. Don't continue to listen to this episode. If you can handle it, you can continue listening. Um, my goal here is to convince you to read this book, but I also know that the trigger warnings are very important for some people and you know, not everyone has been through situations like some people have, and so that is why I strongly encourage you to heed the trigger warnings, do your research beforehand, and if these things that happen in this book are anything that you may have experienced in your personal life, um, then you shouldn't read it, and so that's what I'm going to say about that, and with, with that being said, I want to um, also mention that this book ends on a cliffhanger, and that there's a point to that. Uh, it's the whole point of the cliffhanger is to lead into the second book, which is Hunting Adeline. Um, and so, if you do not like a cliffhanger, then you're going to be very upset about this. Um, I was upset about this, but this book was also dark, so I had to take a little bit of a break before I could jump into the next one. So, if you can live with a cliffhanger, that's great. If you can't live with a cliffhanger, you're going to be mad. Um, I also want to mention one final thing. Um, this podcast is a safe space for everyone, and your mental health matters. And um, I don't want you to think that I am not sympathetic to any situation, and I don't want you to think that by trying to convince you to read this book, that I am not taking into consideration the things that people have been through. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that this is a safe space and everyone is welcome here. And even though this book has trigger warnings and has some very awful stuff that happens in it, I'm here to listen and I, I am sympathetic to whatever you may have went through in your life if you can relate to anything that happens in this book and yeah so this is a safe space and I never want to convince someone to read this book if they think that they can't handle it due to situations in their personal life and um I just wanted to make that known so I want to give you a brief summary of Haunting Adeline um Haunting Adeline follows Adeline Riley which is not really a shocker because you know her name is Adeline and the you know, the main character's name is Adeline. Um, so Adeline recently moves into her grandmother's house. Um, 
And this house is creepy. The name of the house is Parsons Manor. It's definitely haunted. It's just a really creepy, uh, a really creepy house. And so if you're reading the book, um, each chapter has like a, has like a, a page that has a picture on it that kind of gives you like a little rundown of Parsons Manor. And, um, it's just really creepy. And so I probably will post a picture of Parsons Manor on my Instagram page. Uh, just to give everyone a little bit of a visual on what Parsons Manor looks like. Um, so Adeline moves into Parsons Manor, which is an extremely creepy little house that's full of ghosts. And, you know, it's just overall weird. Um, so she moves into her grandmother's house and she attracts herself a stalker. Um, now, her stalker is not your average stalker. Um, he is able to find ways into her house without her knowing and he is able to like leave her little things and you know just keep himself from being detected by her and she even puts in a security system to protect herself but he's even able to bypass that he's just not your average stalker and that's really important to mention um being stalked isn't the only thing on her plate, though, because she also finds a journal from her great-great-grandmother, or her, not her great-great-grandmother, but her great-grandmother, um, which shows readers that her grandmother also had a stalker, um, and her grandmother fell in love with the stalker, and she basically, you know, really deep dives into this journal because she wants to prove to herself that stalkers are psychos and that having a stalker is not something that we should be interested in. Um, although, you know, her stalker, you will end up loving him. At first you're like, man, this guy's crazy. But you do end up loving him. Um, and he actually, you know, he may be a stalker and he's probably really not the best guy, but he also does some really great stuff for the people around him he um he tracks down trafficking rings and uh saves children who are being trafficked and takes them down um and that's his main purpose in life is to do that you know which is kind of um it's a little bit of a it's it's really funny because you know he's stalking someone but he's also uh taking down trafficking rings it's just kind of funny anyway it's a dark romance um, and this was my introduction into dark romance, this book was, and I think that it's the best introduction to dark romance that you're going to get. Now, I will say this, I may say that it's an introduction, but this is on the far end of the spectrum of dark romance. It is not, a, it is not like a super neat dark romance, there is definitely on the bad end of dark romance but it's really good um it's really graphic but it's a great book um so like i said you know adeline moves into this house uh, that she got when her grandmother passed away um but the house really gives off main character energy um you know it's just got the ghosts and it's really creepy and you know, in my head, I picture a big, humongous house with, you know, tons of vines everywhere, and, you know, it looks really dilapidated, and 
even though it's just creepy. It's just a creepy little house. Um, it definitely looks like something you would find in like a crack neighborhood. Um, it just looks like something that's been abandoned and, you know, that's what I picture in my head. So, there's an unsolved murder mystery, obviously, when she finds her grandmother's journal and discovers that her grandmother fell in love with her stalker but was also murdered. Um, and, and like I said, she just uses this to try to prove to herself that stalkers are bad. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really turn out that way, as you'll find out. Um, this book was extremely creepy and there was a lot of situations from right off the bat that I thought were kind of sketchy. Um, so her stalker's name is Zade. And he runs a company called Z. And uh, Z is known for taking down trafficking rings and just being, you know, really diligent about making sure that they make traffickers scared. And that's their purpose. But he also, because of this, he also is really good at um, blurring lines in their relationship and... He's really good at sneaking into her house and, you know, making her question her sanity, basically. Um, and, you know, it was just really creepy. So the blurb on the back of the book says, it's the manipulator and the shadow. The manipulator is going to be Adeline and the shadow is going to be Zade. Um, it says, I can manipulate the emotions of anyone who lets me. I'll make you hurt, make you cry, make you laugh and sigh. But my words don't affect him, especially not when I plead for him to leave. He's always there, watching and waiting, and I can never look away, not when I want him to come closer. And then the shadow. I didn't mean to fall in love, but now that I have, I can't stay away. I'm mesmerized by her smile, by her eyes, and the way she moves, the way she undresses. I'll keep watching and waiting until I can make her mine. And once she is, I'll never let her go, not even when she begs me to. So, that's the blurb for the book. Like I said, it's a great book. Um, this was also like the first introduction I had into uh, annotation. Uh, I did a lot of annotating in this book. Um, and I really, I really just love it. Okay, because, not even because it's kind of stalker and it's really creepy, but also because it's just a cute little love story, even if it, you know, kind of starts out weird. Um, so, I do want to mention that one of the things that happens in this book that I was extremely uncomfortable with is there is some gunplay. Um, and if you don't know what gunplay is, um, I'm sure you can figure it out. It's a kink. It's a sexual kink. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. But there is some gunplay in this book, and I don't really like that very much. I thought it was kind of weird. Um, it kind of it kind of gave me goosies, and I just didn't like it. I sure girl didn't like it. But... Yes, there is some gunplay um, between Adeline and Zade, and you know, there's a lot of back and forth. She wants him to leave, but she also wants him to come closer, like the blurb says. Um, and I also want to mention, this is just a side note, um, that there is a book that, you know, the author says you should read before this one. I didn't do that, but you can. You don't have to, but you, but you can. Uh, it's called Satan's Affair. Um... And the reason the author wants you to read it first is because one of the characters in the book makes an appearance in both books and becomes a really important character. Um, and yeah, 
so uh, you don't have to read it first, but you can. All three of these books are on Kindle Unlimited, and so you don't even have to buy them unless you're like me and, and you just, uh, you know, read a book and feel that you need to own a physical copy. Um, so yeah. So I want to go over a couple things that I did annotate in this book. Okay, so the name of this book is Haunting and Hunting Adeline. That's the name of the series. But it's also called The Cat and Mouse Duet. And here's why. Around page 179, he calls her, Zaid calls Adeline Little Mouse. Uh, he's the cat, she's the mouse, obviously. He's hunting, she's running. Cat and Mouse. And that's her nickname. It's Little Mouse. Um, so, Adeline is like a sucker for scary stuff. She's just a sucker for scary stuff. Um, and I can tell you that because Satan's Affair is mentioned in the book. So, on page 179, there's a part that I highlighted that says, Satan's Affair is coming to town again, and they have new haunted houses. Satan's Affair is a traveling fair that comes to town every year, staying for two nights before moving on to the next town. They set up loads of haunted houses and thrill rides, and I go every year religiously. So, that's like a little glimpse into the fact that Satan's Affair exists, and um, also that Adeline is a little freak that loves to... Uh, be scared um which you know kind of makes sense about the fact that she didn't really I mean she did kind of call the police on her stalker but you know she kind of gave up after a while and he is a stalker okay he is gonna let her know that she, he does not want her being messed with um he you know he murders some people for her and he just does some things but he also is so in love with her and it's really you know, it's really just a great thing. So, another part that I, um, annotated was page 197, where he calls her, where he, where he, um, they're, they're having sex, and he says, um, good girl, and, uh, if you read romance, then, you know, you, there's just something about being called good girl, um, that just does it. Uh, another one, he's, another one, he says it again, good girl. Okay, and so I want to discuss the gunplay with you, because I annotated that page, because I was like, this is creepy and weird. So, I'm gonna read this section to you, and do with it what you will. This is on page 206, which is in chapter 16, so really early in the book. It says, Slowly he works the gun inside me, drawing out both pleasure and pain. I clench my jaw, shuddering from his ministrations, but refusing to make a sound. I won't give him that satisfaction. He works the weapon halfway in before the gun retreats to the very tip. I'm allowed a moment's breath before he buries the entire barrel inside me. I suck in a sharp gasp and let my head fall back, no longer having the strength to watch. This is so, so fucked up, beyond fucked up. But when the gun pulls out and sinks back in again, a noise does slip through as a wave of pleasure rocks through me. Good girl, he breathes. Open water, baby. The hand still holding my thong. 
to the side nudges against my thigh. Without fault, my thighs instinctively fall further apart. Another phrase, but I barely hear it over the beating of my heart. I can feel how tight your pussy is, the way it grips onto my gun when I slide it out. So fucking pretty. I bite my lip, but it isn't enough to hold in the next moan, or the one after that. I can hear the suctioning and slurping noises as he fucks me with his gun, and shame fills me in response. The embarrassment nearly overrides the fear, but neither of them is more potent than the pleasure my body is being forced to succumb to. When he angles the gun in a particular way, he hits a spot inside me that sends my eyes to the back of my head, and an unchecked moan slips free. So, that is the section of gunplay, um, and I just wanted to give you like a little preview into that. So that you can make the decision for yourself, which if you get this far into the, the podcast, and then then you're already determined that you're going to read it anyway. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, it's just really good. You know, a lot of people come for Adeline because of her relationship with Z. And she doesn't quite understand that. Um... It's just the way that it is, you know. But Z also has a power. And I annotated this as well in page 261 um, where he says, I don't have the time to deal with small fish when I have great whites floating around in my ocean. Too bad for them. I'm an effing megalodon. So, he has a lot of power. Um, And he's just a really powerful guy who, you know, is actually kind of inspiring. And he fights to the end of the world for Adeline and becomes someone that she actually loves. Um, And I know that you're like, how in the world does she love this guy? Um, But she does. uh, And, you know, that's just how it is. So by the end of the book, Adeline gets kidnapped. She is lured out of her home by what they call the society. The society is um, like an underground trafficking ring um, full of big wigs that, you know, they're just really sketchy. And they traffic. That's all they do is traffic. Um, so Adeline gets lured out of her house uh, by the society and um, she gets kidnapped by them. And... That is basically the cliffhanger where the book ends. Um, But it's okay because it directly leads into the next book, which is Hunting Adeline. Now, I just finished Hunting Adeline, um, like, in the last week. And so, this is fresh on my mind, this entire book. Um, Hunting Adeline is significantly darker than Haunting, okay? And so, when you get to the cliffhanger... You know, you have to make that decision. Okay, so let's discuss the trigger warnings mentioned in the second book before we go any farther. So, the second book has trigger warnings for things such as graphic rape, and it says the scenes are detailed, which they are. Even, I mean, they are very, very detailed, and so you need to heed that warning. Um, There's also graphic violence and gore torture, sexual assault, kidnapping, psychological abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, explicit sexual situations, human trafficking, slave trade, grooming, severe PTSD, and very particular kinks such as blood play, knife play, degradation, and somnophilia. 
this book is significantly darker than the first. That's what the author says. Not me. That's what the author said. Okay, and she's right. So, take that very seriously. Once again, this is a safe space. If you think that that's something you can't handle, please don't, li don't, don't read it. Don't continue to listen. I mean, if you get past the first book and you're like, well, that's not that bad. I mean, it is bad, but it's not that bad. This book is significantly worse, and you need to know that. Okay, so let me read you the blurb before we get into the discussion. So, this book um, is a picks up directly where the first one ends. So, Adeline has been kidnapped by the society. Okay, and so this is what the blurb says. The Diamond and the Hunter. Diamond is Adeline, the Hunter is Aid, in case you didn't know. So, before I read the blurb, Adeline is called the diamond by everyone in the society and everyone that works for the society. She is the prized possession because she belongs to Zaid. And that makes her extremely valuable. And that's why she's called the diamond. Um, and so you'll hear the diamond referenced a lot and because that's basically what they call her the whole time. She doesn't have a name. She's just the diamond. Which is really sad, actually. So... Um, so the blurb says, death walks alongside me, but the reaper is no match for me. I'm trapped in a world full of monsters, dressed as men, and those who aren't as they seem. They won't keep me forever. I no longer recognize the person I've become, and I'm fighting to find my way back to the beast who hunts me in the night. They call me a diamond, but they've only created an angel of death. And then it says, the hunter. I was born a predator with ruthlessness ingrained in my bones. When what's mine is stolen from me in the night. Like a diamond hidden within a fortress, I find that I can no longer contain the beast. Blood will paint the ground as I tear apart this world to find her and bring her back to where she belongs. No one will escape my wrath, especially not those who have betrayed me. So, that's the blurb. And like I said, this book is significantly darker than the first one. It is a lot more triggering. So, something that I love about each of these books is that... She comes across a journal every time. It doesn't matter where she's at. She's going to come across a journal. And so in this book, you know, after she's kidnapped by the society, she she goes through a lot um, before she even makes it to her final, or what's supposed to be her final destination. Um, she, um, she actually gets into a car accident and has to go through several surgeries and, you know, is just really abused. Um, before she ever even makes it to her trafficker's house. Um, this is just when she gets kidnapped. So, um, she, she goes through a lot of stuff, but she also is so strong. And, you know, you just don't understand, you just, you just, I mean, she's just really strong. And the, the author does a great job of this, writing this story and, keeping you interested, but she finds a journal when she gets to her trafficker's house that, um, is written by someone that used to be there that was captured, and she finds this journal, and she starts writing in it, too. It becomes, like, her therapy. These, this, these journals are her therapy, and this is how she finds, uh, peace in the situations that she's in. So, Addie is is trafficked she gets kidnapped and now she's at her trafficker's house out in the middle of nowhere 
and it's a really bad place, okay? She's not the only one there, obviously, because it's a trafficking situation. There are other women there, and she um, is not the only one, even though she's, she's the most important one, but she's not the only one. And this book is really dark um, because it, it, the rape is very detailed. The abuse is very detailed, and the traffickers, they take advantage of her and the other girls that are there and she she has a lot of fight in her thanks to Zaid and which is really good because that's what make that's what helps her survive but it also is what gets her in trouble a lot and so a lot of the fight that's in her is what causes her to get raped um and eventually she gets bought um and what's so bad about it is that the trafficker in this situation for her is one of those people that lets, once the girls are bought, they let the purchaser have their way a couple of days a week. So she gets bought by Xavier, and we do not like Xavier, by the way. He's trash. He's a trash person. Um, she gets bought by Xavier, and Xavier is really bad. He rapes her continuously. Um... And he has this special thing that he likes to do where he likes to make her bleed because it gets him off. And so he cuts her and um, the harder, like if she fights it, he cuts her more and he makes it worse for her. And so Xavier is just a really bad guy. We don't like him, but it's, she fights through it. I don't know how. And she actually builds a friendship with one of the people there. It's actually the person that captured her originally. Um, she built a relationship with him, and we actually find out that he is being forced into this. He doesn't want to do this. He's doing it to protect someone, um, you know, which makes sense. And I would hope that somebody would do that for me. Um, I would never ask someone to do that for me, but I would hope that someone would love me enough to do that for me. Um, and so he basically... Uh, you know, they become friends, and he tends to her wounds, and he keeps her sane, especially on the days when, you know, she's like, I'm going to kill myself. I would rather die. She does say that a lot, um, and honestly, there were several times within the book that I was shocked that she didn't, you know, try to kill herself or do something to get killed, but they also, um, they're really creepy, and they go through this thing uh, where the traffickers release them out into the woods and basically they let their buyers hunt them which is so twisted and gross and you know they're given bow and arrows and the girls just have to run they just have to run for it and either they make it out or they don't and you know what's so bad about that is that one girl helps her um, not get caught, and the girl actually ends up murdering one of the guys, and she dies for it, and what's so bad about it is that Adeline and the other girls have to kill her. They have to kill her, and, uh, it's just really upsetting, and it's really gross, and the whole book is just extremely, I mean, honestly, I love that the author has the ability to write this 
and does such a great job of telling the story, but I also don't understand how she does it. I don't understand how she can how she can write it and uh, be okay with um that's just me I don't know anyway so this whole time that she's with these traffickers Zaid is hunting her down okay and he will stop at nothing to get her he does a lot he goes through a lot he kills a lot of people um and he actually teams up with some folks to to get her back some folks that you probably would think are bad but they're not actually bad um, and he goes through hell to get her back, and she goes through hell just to survive, and, you know, once he gets her back, um, once he gets her back, she, um, you know, she has a lot of PTSD and a lot of emotional trauma from the situation, and, you know, she doesn't, know if she can continue to love Zaid once he gets her back um because she is so traumatized by what has happened to her and and you know there for a while she she decides that you know Zaid is basically just the same as her and um it's really actually kind of sad because in the first book you grow to love them as a couple and, and uh, admire their relationship and then you know, to see all the things that she goes through and how awful it is when she gets back. Um, she's not the same person and, and a lot of things happen and she's changed. Um, which actually almost makes her better. She becomes the most badass girl uh, because of what has happened to her. And I think that's really inspiring. Um, but they does get her back. Uh, now... Granted, she escaped from the trafficker's house, um, and, uh, found her own way out, but she only got so far, but Zay did find her when she got to a certain place, and then, you know, she was able to go home, and, you know, she really needed a lot of help, and a lot of love, and Zaid was really patient with her, and that's really what's so great about it, is that you know, yes, he's a stalker, and, and their relationship only started because he was stalking her, but um, it's really admirable how he still loves her and stops at nothing to get revenge for her and is really patient with her and lets her go through these things on her own and, and you know, come out the other side and discover who she is. And that's where Satan's Affair comes in because the main character in Satan's Affair, her name is Sibby. Um, you'll see her in the first book, but you'll see a lot more of her in the second book. Sibby is crazy, okay? She is legitimately crazy. More crazy than Zaid. And Sibby actually ends up coming to live at Parsons Manor with Zaid and Addie. And while Sibby is creepy... She also helps Addie become stronger and more capable of defending herself. And she becomes someone that, you know, you're very proud of because you're just like, like you've watched her go through this entire kidnapping situation for about half of the second book. And then you see her come home and she becomes so strong and so admirable and she ends up taking down all of these people that have 
capture her and hurt her. Fade is so sweet because he, you know, he just says the sweetest things. Like in the second part of the book, he says, I'm nothing if I'm not the reason you breathe. And I think that that's super sweet. Um, I don't know why, but you know, it just kind of shows how much, you know, he loves her. He wants her to love him and she does love him. Um, and, you know, it really shows how much he believes in her. And, you know, I don't know. I just think it's really sweet. Maybe that's just me. Um, but I thought it was great and I thought it was sweet. Um, and so, yeah. By the end of the book, you know, they take revenge on everyone that hurt her. And that is sweet, too. I think that's so fun. And she just becomes the strongest person and she becomes somebody to be proud of and somebody that he's proud of and I think that even though she went through some really horrible stuff that was actually really hard to read and and comprehend I think that the ending and the person she became by the end was was absolutely awesome and worth it worth reading through all that triggering stuff you know, it really was super dark and not for the faint of heart. And, and even if you read dark romance, even then, I don't know, it's just really, it was really dark. Um, and so, but, but they take revenge on everyone and, you know, they, they kind of end up living happily ever after. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you. I really hope that there will be another one. Um, I think that I could go for a third book. I don't know. You know, that just follows more into their history, their, their, um, that kind of deep dives into their future. And now that this stuff has passed, um, of course, you know, the whole trafficking thing doesn't stop. And, you know, there'll always be trafficking rings to take down. But I hope that there'll be another book that deep dives into their future and who they become together and how they grow as a couple and, you know, I just want to see where their future goes. And so I really wouldn't be sad if there was another book if I got the opportunity to see where their future went. Um, and so with that being said, I really think that this is a great series and I think that you should read it. And uh, if you can get past the trigger warnings and the really gross stuff that goes down, then definitely read it. I think it's a great series. Um, the character growth is amazing. The stuff that they go through is not the best. It's very upsetting, but it's a great book overall. And so, yeah, I gave, um, I think I gave both of these books five stars on Goodreads. And like I said, I read the first book in March. And I just finished this one last week. So, I had to take a break. Um, and one of my friends did actually say, how did you not immediately jump into the second book? And I was like, I literally couldn't. I had to take a break. Like, I mean, it's a great series, but it's dark and twisty and kind of scary. And so, you know, you can't jump back into something like that. You got to take a mental health break. That's what I call them. When I read dark books and then don't read the follow-up, I call it a mental health break. And so, yeah. Um, but I gave them both five stars on Goodreads. I think they both deserved five stars on Goodreads. Um, and I think that they were worth every bit of time that I spent reading them. Uh, the first book had an average four-star rating on Goodreads, and if I'm not mistaken, the 
um, the second one had a average 4.1 star rating on Goodreads. So I feel like the five star consensus is pretty good. All things considered, maybe five stars was too generous, but I think that um, an average four star rating is pretty good because some books I've read have way less than that. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that when you listen to this episode, like always, I just kind of rambled, um, but I did a deep, I, I did do the best I could as a deep dive into this book and things that go down. And I hope that when you listen to this, that it'll make you want to read the book. Um, if you have read it, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, and if you haven't read it, I hope that you do. And then I hope you tell me your thoughts because it's a great book and I think it's worth the read. If you can, you know, if you don't think that the trigger warnings will be too much for you, then I think you should read it. And if you think the trigger warnings are too much, then don't. Just don't. Don't put yourself through that. It's not worth your mental health. Um, and so, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Uh, share it with your friends. And, you know, just be on the lookout for the next episode. Um, in the next episode, we're probably going to discuss uh, the Dreamland Billionaire series. So that's really exciting. I really loved that series. It's a little bit of a break from this. You know, it's kind of a lighter topic and it's really good. And if you haven't read the Dreamland Billionaire series, definitely look into it. It's kind of got a Disney vibe by Lauren Asher. Um, and so, yeah, you should definitely read it because next week, ep next week's episode will be on that. And um, if you have read it, I hope that you'll tune in for that because I can't wait to talk about it. I think it's a great series. And, yeah. So, um, like I said, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and let me know what you thought. And you can hit me up on my socials. My bookstagram is at katesbooks1. Um, my TikTok is at katesreads underscore. My blog is underscore, or my blog is Caitlin's Reads on WordPress. And, um, I also have an email. It is at surreyspillspod at gmail.com. And you can send me your thoughts there, recommendations on what the next topic should be, and more. Um, so I hope that you'll reach out to me. Also, please do look at my link tree, which is in my Instagram bio. Um, the uh, My monthly book club in the book club's app is linked in that in that link tree as well as my Goodreads and so if you want to be friends on Goodreads please feel free to follow me and add me as a friend. Um, do join my book club and I'll see you next week.